0: What's your name? Chris Valeka. What's your job?
1: Hitting coach and third
0: base coach. How many years did you or one of your brothers start at shortstop for Hart High School?
1: God, I just saw this stat, so I think it's 13 years now.
0: What's your name? Pat Valica?
2: What do you do? I'm a baseball player. I play infield.
0: And out of the four Valleca brothers, how many of you were drafted by Major League Baseball teams? All four. Coming up on this edition of Life Around the Seams, we talk to Chris and Pat Valeka about baseball, about brotherhood, about family, about living your life to the fullest every day and pursuing your dreams, all the while knowing that your dad is thousands of miles away and you're unable to speak to him because he's been in a coma for over three years. This is Life Around the Seams. Former Major League pitcher Jim Bouton once wrote, You spend a good piece of your life gripping a baseball,
1: and in the end, it turns out, it was the other way around all the time. Welcome to Life Around the Scenes, a podcast about baseball people who have interesting stories from between the lines, and sometimes even more interesting stories outside the lines. Here's your host, Josh Sushan. Josh Sushan.
0: All right guys, thanks so much for joining me here from uh, the press box at Principal Park in Des Moines, Iowa.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having
0: us. Yeah, thanks uh, for having us. <laughs> All right, so let's I'm going to start with the introductions for our audience. The oldest of the four Valleca brothers is Chris, born in 1985, went to UC Santa Barbara, was drafted third round by the Reds in 2006, played 10 years of professional baseball, including 99 games over four years in the majors. The next oldest is Matt, he was born in 1988. He also attended UC Santa Barbara, he was drafted in the 34th round in 2010 by the Cardinals. The one sister in the family is Brianna, she's the middle one, right? And of course, she works in sports as an operations assistant for Fox Sports. The second youngest is Pat. He's here with us. Born in 1992, attended UCLA, was the starting shortstop on the team that won the College World Series in 2013. Pat was drafted by the Rockies in the ninth round in 2013. This is his sixth year professional baseball. And the youngest is Nick. He was born in 1995. He went to college at UCLA as well and was drafted last year in the 24th round by the Pirates. All right, guys, I usually like to start by talking to people about their parents because that's where the foundation begins. So, Chris, you're the oldest. Tell us your mom and dad's name. What do they do for a living?
1: Jeff and I Lona a uh, My mom is an elementary school computer teacher, um, and my dad uh, is in real estate uh, property management for a company uh, in Santa Monica.
0: Pat, what are their passions? Their
1: interests?
2: Watching us play baseball. Um, I think they get the most joy out of going to games and just supporting us. And you know, they they love just to be around their kids and support them and watch them grow.
0: How much did they actually get to do stuff themselves that did not involve watching their kids play sports? Uh,
2: Our our whole upbringing was revolved around sports and tournaments and there wasn't a weekend where we didn't do anything sports you know not sports related you know i feel like we were always in a different city at a different tournament always doing something
1: it was it was divide and conquer it was it was always running around we learned to eat fast because somebody had practice or batting cages or something so we all got to eat together but it was
0: always quick what type of athlete was your dad
1: he played basketball um in in high school Basketball and football, and then did uh, college basketball at Elmhurst. Um, never baseball, you know, coached us in all sports, but, you know, I just happened to work out that this became our passion.
0: What was it about baseball that made it your passion for the family?
1: You know, I, I think it was, you know, we growing up we played all sports. We didn't really specialize too early. Um, we, were, we would football, soccer, basketball, you know, I was pretty terrible at basketball, so then that weeded that one out and then you know some of the other ones played football through high school um, and then once you know having a little success in baseball you know kind of put me down that path and I think you know the more success I had the further I went you know it kind of just springboarded the the younger
0: generations into it. So Pat, if say Chris was best at basketball, would you have probably followed his lead into basketball or was baseball? going to be your sport
2: yeah basketball got thrown out pretty early from what i heard uh you know we always had a hoop but (laughs) we loved shooting on it but we were terrible uh it was just something to do um but yeah like he said i played uh baseball and soccer and football growing up and i loved playing multiple sports and i think it just makes you a better athlete
0: chris tell us about sibling rivalries was it like the two oldest versus the two youngest did the middle get together or how did it kind of break down
1: sure you know we I wouldn't say we really had sibling rivalries, but it was definitely the older ones, I don't want to say picking on the younger ones, but we definitely, you know, made them our tackling dummies, or they were the hitters, and we were working on pitching inside, or stuff like that, so they they took the brunt of our fury, but we never really had, you know, any like sibling wars, per se.
2: Yeah, definitely, I feel like that made us uh, a little tougher, because, you know, we always had to go against these guys who are older and bigger so i got i learned how to take a hit from a a young age so when i started playing
0: football it it was nothing new uh pat tell us about your sister what sports was she into and what was it like for her having four brothers two older and two younger who were playing these sports
2: uh she played soccer uh growing up and into high school um she's awesome you know she uh you know took a different path uh, she's definitely the smartest out of all of us um you know she loved to study we'd always make fun of her because uh, you know i think she really enjoyed doing homework and stuff like that whereas us you know it was a it was a challenge but she's awesome she loves sports she loves watching us play and um you know she's uh you know carved her own path and she's going to be successful as well
0: All right. Let's uh, hop ahead to high school. Hart High School head coach Jim Ozella. Chris, you went first. Tell us who is Jim Ozella.
1: Jim Ozella. I I was fortunate enough to play for him. My my first year was his first year uh, in the program at Hart. Um, He's been a mentor uh, of mine and our family, you know, through the years. haven't had us all through the program but he was just a fundamentally sound coach not a lot of frills not a lot of gimmicks you know taught us how to play the game the right way and you know I think that's carried over into my career and hopefully the the rest of our our lives.
0: So you started as a freshman?
1: I did I started as a freshman um got to play a couple games and ended up uh breaking my elbow of all things playing catch one day uh broke a bone and and missed the rest of that year, but then played uh, the rest of sophomore, junior, senior.
0: So when you were a senior, was Matt a freshman or was he in eighth grade?
1: Matt was a freshman um, and he was playing on the JV team. So we were, we were never on the same field, we were in the same program.
0: And then when Matt was a sophomore, he took over as the starting shortstop. Correct. So he's there for three years. Yep. And then when Matt is a senior, Pat, you're in the eighth grade?
2: Yeah, I, b- I believe I was in the eighth grade. So yeah.
0: then you started as your freshman year?
2: No, I, I played uh, freshman on the freshman team, and then my JV year, I started on JV, and eventually got brought up to the varsity team. But uh, I was, uh, I would say, I was a little more of a late bloomer, talent wise, um, than my older brothers. Um, I didn't grow till I was maybe a junior, so I was kind of a short little kid. Um, but grew into my body, and things started clicking. Uh, probably my uh, my junior year.
0: Okay, and so then when you're a senior, the youngest, Nick. Is an 8th grader or is he a freshman? 8th grade. He's an 8th grade, okay. So for him, he's got three older brothers. The pressure that's on him to kind of keep this legacy going.
2: Yeah, there's, I, I wouldn't want to do it. Um, I mean, I had two older brothers, but, uh, you know, we grew up watching, you know, their successes and uh, always going to these games, and I think it was more of just uh, excitement for me. You know, I wanted to do the same things that they were doing, so I didn't really feel pressure to you know, meet their standards or whatever. Um, I was just excited to play on the same field they did and try to uh, accomplish what they
0: had. When Chris is playing, Pat, are you watching the games? Are you in the snack bar? Are you looking at scouts? Are you playing on the side? Or, like, what are you doing while he's playing games? Oh,
2: me and uh, Nikki, our little brother, we were in charge of the snack bar with my mom because she ran it. So we were always uh, bringing extra hot dog buns and hamburger buns, but we'd always... uh, when they announced his name that he was hitting, we'd always stop what we were doing and go look, uh, peer through the fence and you know see uh, how that bat went.
0: Who is Trevor Mayturn?
2: He was the shortstop um, between Matt and me um, that was playing shortstop on the varsity. Uh, good player.
0: So he's the only one. In this, what, 13, 14-year stretch that was not of a Laker brother who was the starting shortstop?
2: Yep, he, he was the guy, yeah. But he, I mean, he he deserved it. I, w- I wasn't that good. So, you know, it wasn't just because they had played shortstop on varsity the past eight years that
0: I deserved to be there. You know, I, was, I wasn't very good yet. Who owes more who? Does the coach owe the family for delivering four shortstops, or does the family owe the coach for taking care of their four boys?
1: You know, I think I think we owe a lot to Coach Ozella. You know, he taught us a lot, not only about, you know, playing infield, taking at-bats, baseball, but he taught us about life as well, you know, and having us um, go through the things that we've had to go through in the past couple of years. You know, he's always been uh, a staple for our family as well. Um, so, you know, we're, we're very grateful to him.
0: There was a story about the Valleca brothers in Sports Illustrated, and your mom said that when she dies, she wants her ashes scattered at shortstop on the Hart High School baseball field. Do you think this is serious, or do you think that's just a great line for an article in Sports Illustrated?
1: You know, I, I think it's a great line, but, you know, there's probably is some truth to that. Um, you know, the amount of hours we've spent at that ballpark, you know, between the four boys being out there, um, you know, just the alumni games, the the actual playing, you know, just being around. My, my parents would go to games once we were all done just because, you know, they're so used to It's part of their routine. They'd go to Hart High School and watch games at, at 2 o'clock over there. So, uh, you know, I think there's some truth to that, but she's also pretty worried herself.
0: <laughs> she, got a little, she got a little crazy in her. <laughs> uh, so all four of you were drafted out of college, but none of you were drafted out of high school?
1: No, none of us. We, you know, I think we – we were, we were still developing uh, coming, coming out of high school. You know, we, I don't want to say we were late, late blooming physically, but we were on the, the frailer side, I think. You know, we, physical, but, but not hadn't grown into our bodies yet. And, you know, it was probably better for the best for us to go to college, develop as humans as well as baseball players.
0: All right, Chris. So you're the first one to go off to college, uh, 2004, 5, and 6. You're at UC Santa Barbara. What are some of your biggest memories, highlights from three years as a Gaucho?
1: You know, um, I, I loved playing at Santa Barbara. You know, the, the proximity off the field, proximity to the ocean, being able to be in such a, a, a beautiful place, great academic school. Um, you know, the baseball at the time, we, we were still still developing. You know, we hadn't made that identity that maybe we have now. Um, but I got to play for uh, play with a lot of great players there that never got an opportunity to play professional baseball and learn from them. Um, coach Bronsima, who was the coach there prior to Coach Chekets, Taught me a ton about playing shortstop. He was a college shortstop, so I really, I really got to take a lot from him. Um, as far as stories, you know, playing in the conference with Troy Tulowitzki, Longoria, you know, at the time Justin Turner, all these guys, you know, Jared Weaver, all these guys playing there you know I might have been in a smaller school but it was definitely competitive
0: so you didn't do this as a gaucho but during one of the summers you're on the team that won the gold medal for team USA at the 2004 World University Championships in Taiwan what was that experience like representing your country
1: it was great it was it was probably one of my favorite you know other than getting to the big leagues you know it's probably one of my favorite baseball memories you know the the team I was on is you know almost a major league all-star team with some of the players that we had there Um, but but having the opportunity to represent your country go to go to games like that um, was incredible especially at a young age you know I I wish I I would have taken it in more you know then but I didn't know any better Uh, but looking back you know now it's it's an incredible experience.
0: Pat how often would you go up to Santa Barbara to watch your brother or how much busy were you playing your own games?
2: No, it was every uh, Saturday and Sunday we would make the trek um, up to Santa Barbara in the morning, and most of the time it was a grind. You know, that's a two-and-a-half-hour drive every day. So, you know, I was in, I don't know, 7th, 8th grade, so I wanted to hang out with my friends, not really go to a college baseball game, but... uh You know, once I was there, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching the game, the college atmosphere. Um, You know, it gave me something to uh, strive for. And, um, you know, there were certain points where I was like, oh, I wonder if I'll ever be good enough to, you know, play at this level. And, you know, it was crazy that um, I eventually did.
0: So for Chris, you get drafted by the Reds, third round, 2006. Describe where you are, how you found out, and how the Valakas celebrate.
1: Um, they were actually, they, they all had come up to my apartment. We were, we were watching, uh, I don't think it was actually televised at the time. We had it, uh, attached to the computer onto the TV. Um, we're going, going through that. And like you said, it was drafted by Cincinnati, a team that I had never spoke to prior to, to the draft, um, went to draft workouts with a couple other organizations that were kind of in the ballpark that I, I had an idea where I, I might be selected. And then sure enough, hear my name on the, the ticker, get called going to Cincinnati and like, man, who the hell is this scout? I don't know this guy, and, you know now Rex Rex is still a family friend to ours, you know, still stay in touch with him, um, but, yeah, you know, was there with all my friends, my family, you know, as soon as my name was called, everybody celebrated, and it was a great evening,
0: Pat, how confident are you in your abilities? You started to touch on this that one day you can do what your older brother has just done,
2: yeah,, uh, I mean growing up, um. Uh, I was pretty athletic, but, um, you know, like he was mentioning early, you know, none of us got drafted out of high school. I, I had a lot of things to learn baseball-wise, so college was the best route, and I think it really shaped who I've become as a, as a baseball player. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I, I vividly remember um, being at a game at Cal State Fullerton, watching it was either Chris or Matt um, play them, and Fullerton at the time was, uh, you know, the top one of the top colleges um, in the country, and uh, I had started getting letters from them, and I remember talking to my mom, I was like, man, you think I can really do this? You think I can play college baseball and, like, maybe even play at Fullerton? So, uh, you know, it was was kind of a cool moment that I remember, you know, kind of having that doubt, but then, you know, I just kept uh, getting better and improving and um, went to
0: college and got drafted. All right, let's skip ahead to August 24th, 2010. What happened that day, Chris?
1: That was my, my debut in San Francisco. Um, I I had no idea I was getting called up. I was on the 40-man roster, and uh, we were actually busing home from uh, Indianapolis, I think. Uh, I'm in uh, Louisville at the time, and we're watching the game on the bus, and, and we see Jim Edmonds go down. And not being an outfielder, you know, it was like, oh, I wonder which one of my buddies, you know, might get called up. So, uh Back in my apartment later that evening, actually at like 3 in the morning that evening, kind of just unpacking my things, uh, getting ready for bed, and my manager calls, and we had a, a, a good relationship, and, you know, he called, I answer, and he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm unpacking. Like, why are you calling me? Like, what I forget on the bus? Right. I had no idea. Um, and he's like, well, you better start packing. You're going to the big leagues. And it's like, oh, my God. So it's at 3 in the morning, head back to the ballpark, trying to pack all my stuff. Had an 8 a.m. flight. You know, no sleep, trying to sleep on the on the flight out to San Francisco. And, you know, of all places, um, it just happened to be, you know, a godsend that my family could march up the coast, pick up my sister at Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, and make their way to San Francisco to, to see my debut.
0: Pat, what do you remember about that drive?
2: Long, but uh, exciting. Um, you know, it was uh, his dream come true, but it was, you know, our dream come true as well, you know, as a family, um, supporting him. and you know, it was just pure excitement, uh, for all of us. And, uh, I think I slept a little, but then woke up once we got close and it was just, uh, almost like an adrenaline rush. Like to, I just couldn't wait to see him on the field. And, you know, we got there and watched him take BP. And I remember seeing him hit a few home runs in BP and I was like, Oh, he looked good. And then, uh, yeah, I remember he, he got a pinch hit, and we were wondering if he was going to swing at the first pitch, uh, and he did, and he got a he got a base hit up the middle.
0: One of my favorite expressions is that you only get one chance in your life to hit a home run on the first pitch you see in the major leagues.
1: You might as well swing, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> might as well.
0: There you go. And you got a hit off Santiago Casilla, right? I did. Base hit up the middle. Where's the baseball?
1: Uh, it's actually at my my parents' house, and they we they have kind of a they uh, call it a bonus room, but it's like a you know game room type thing. Uh, it's up in there in a in a Wood case that has you know different memorabilia from our careers and you know other type
0: of sports so that was august of 2010 and a few months earlier matt had been drafted in the 24th round uh excuse me 34th round by the cardinals he was making his pro debut that summer uh, for batavia and the new york penn league um how much did scouts coaches other people ask you about your other brothers
1: sure quite a quite a bit you know they they have a job to do that so they're doing their homework they're trying to you know, get the the insight on guys. You know, they're they're all professional in their craft, so they they've seen all of the the on-field things. So they're trying to get an idea of you know, you know how they tick off the field, and you know it was always always truthful. Tell them you know that these guys are professional and that they want they want to play and you know if you give them an opportunity you won't regret it
0: all right so spring training 2011 If my research is right chris you're in spring training in arizona with the reds pat i think you would be a freshman at ucla and matt is in spring training in florida with the cardinals and matt fainted in the batting cage because of an aneurysm on his aorta and he was forced to retire how did you find out chris
1: we we have quite a few, like, text chains that go through with our family, but I remember coming off the field and hearing, you know, checking my phone and seeing that, you know, Matt, I don't want to say an accident, but what what happened to Matt, and, you know, they were going to monitor him, and, you know, it's stressful, you know, hearing something about a sibling being, you know, miles apart like that and not really being able to do anything. But Matt's a tough kid and, you know, handled it well, and, you know, it sucks that, you know, that was something that forced him out of the game, but, you know, Things like
0: that, it's its meant to be. Pat, how
2: did you hear about it? Yeah, probably um, through a text. Um, same, same as Chris. Uh, worried. Absolutely, you know, that's my brother. And uh, you never want to hear anything like that happen. Um, but, yeah, he is a tough kid. And, uh, you know, he handled it as best as he could. And, uh, you know, sometimes things uh, work out in, in weird ways. You know, maybe it just wasn't meant to be.
0: Was there any... What were the conversations, if any, about whether or not he could continue to play, or whether or not this is going to force him to retire?
1: You know, I think the, you know, with with an issue like that, um, you know, you can't really push it too much, you know. But I think the Cardinals, they were they were really supportive of him, you know. We're, were willing to give him a chance, but knew the the consequences with that. And I think Matt, um, being the person that he is, you know, I think he thought that it was probably time for him to walk away as well and, and start his life. You know, as hard as that. De- that decision is you know i think he he made the right one for himself and his family
0: 2013 it's now pat's junior year at ucla Uh, i was trying to figure out where you guys were in the playoffs during the draft do you remember which level which round of the playoffs you were during the draft
2: yeah we were uh super regionals uh at cal state fullerton it was either the first game or the second game
0: okay the regional going into that playoffs what was your level of confidence in your team's ability to get to the College World Series in Omaha? Uh,
2: it was high. Um, you know, we, uh, we had a tough regional, um, but we came through, and uh, we were, we, you could tell we were starting to get a little hot. And Fullerton at the time had the you know, one of the two uh, best starting pitchers um, that year. And, uh, but we had great pitching, we had great defense, and we always kind of found a way to scratch a few runs um, and win. And, you know, that was kind of our identity. Uh, you know, we weren't putting up ten runs a game, but we were, you know, pitching really good, uh, playing really good defense. Games were always tight, but we felt like we always had a, an edge in those games. Like, you know, we were playing those games all year, those tight games. So. Um, you know, we, we took the first two games against Fullerton, um, and I don't think many people thought we were going to win.
0: Was it a distraction knowing that, okay, the draft is coming up, who's going to select me, how's that going to impact my performance, does how I do today going to impact what happens tomorrow with the draft?
2: Um, not really. I mean, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, butterflies. You know, you, you always wonder, you know, where you're going to go. Are you going to go in this round? Are you Are going to go in that round? But uh, I remember... I hadn't gotten drafted by the time I got to the field. I think it had just started the, you know, earlier rounds. Um, but we had just taken BP, and I was coming off the field, and one of our um, team managers came up to me and said, "Hey, you just got drafted by the Rockies." And I was like, "Oh, sweet! That's awesome!" Like, oh, but I remember thinking, like, excitement for a few minutes, and then it was like, "Oh, we got we got a game to play." You know, I'll, I'll figure out the rest uh, after the game.
0: What's your reaction? When, when you hear, okay, another one has gotten drafted now. This is number three.
1: You know, I'm excited. You know, all the work that you see them put in, you know, through through high school and college, you know, seeing it pay off. Um, but also, you know, um, a little bit of humility that, you know, now them getting into the game that, it's like, you know, you're getting older, but for them it's like, all right, let's 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 do it. You've seen some of the adversity that goes through with this, you know. Not that you want to protect your siblings from it, but, you know, this it's not, you know as easy as everybody makes it out to be.
0: Yeah, at times your family made it look easy. Uh, it's definitely not. Uh, so Chris, uh, I mean, Pat, sorry. You I, I at least once I was going to call the wrong name. Uh, you get to Omaha, you beat LSU 2-1. You beat North Carolina State 2-1. You beat North Carolina 4-1 to uh, to reach the championship round. Uh, the championship round is the best of three. Uh, in game one, you get two hits, an RBI, 3-1 victory over Mississippi State. Before what turned out to be the championship game, was there any conversations anything that you thought anything that somebody said that kind of sticks in your mind about what you and your teammates had an opportunity to do
2: we were just uh we were on a high really um you know i think we came in as you know underdogs you know people knew that we had a, a good pitching staff but uh you know the knock against us was you know we couldn't hit as a team and uh we knew we could hit and uh but i think what we re- we were really good at was um you know executing you know, we'd get a guy on we bunted him over 100 percent of the time you know and it was uh we always had a, a guy on second and so there was a lot of opportunities for us to uh you know all we needed was a base hit and we scored a run so uh that's what we did and we just kept uh we kept going our pitching staff did awesome they kept us in every game every game was tight except for the last one um that we eventually won which was kind of uh anti because i think we scored 10 runs that game and it was like it was 10 to 2 or something in the seventh and we had a great bullpen and i was like man this game is way over like so it was uh almost celebrating during the game because we were so confident in our pitching staff to to close it down
0: chris where are you during june of 2013 how much are you able to watch
1: um, i I was at, I was in the big leagues with the Marlins at the time uh, and you know as much as I could I was watching I remember actually watching that game um I don't remember if I was in a hotel or, or whatnot but i re- I remember watching the game and you know as soon as the last out was made I know we, we couldn't get in contact with him because he's you know on the field but you know celebrating with our family you know through through phone calls and text and stuff like that knowing you know how how proud of uh,
0: him we are who was all able to make it to Omaha Pat uh my uh
2: current wife or not current, my wife <laughs> <laughs> my wife uh was there my mom and i believe my sister flew out um so they were there um and uh but then the you know the day we won we got to celebrate that night And but then we had a flight um at like eight in the morning the next day to come home uh which was nice to uh celebrate with all of our families that were still back in, uh, in L.A. So we got back home real fast, and uh, it was fun uh, celebrating. We got to go to the Jay Leno show, um, did some stuff like that, and uh, it was an amazing. We went to Dodger Stadium, uh, was on the field before the game, so it was, uh, it was sweet.
0: How long from the end of all the different celebrations that you're able to do with UCLA, do you then, Rocky, say, hey, Time to start your professional career. Time to get on a flight and go start your career. How much time do you have in between? Yeah, they gave
2: they gave me, uh, I want to say maybe like a, a week or so because um, we, we had all these, uh, you know, cel- celebratory things that we had to do. Um, so I think it was like a week. Um but then they, they uh, when they flew me out, they actually had to fly my dad out as well because I wasn't something to do with my physical, I couldn't, or my contract, I wasn't old enough to sign it so they had to fly him out as well. So he came with me up to uh, Wenatchee, no not Wenatchee, um, Tri-Cities, Tri-Cities um, to sign it for a day and then uh, that's where my career started
0: explain the transition from college to pro especially after the high of the the peak of college baseball and now okay the grind begins yeah it's a
2: it's a different animal uh you know i came in um a little later i think their season had started maybe maybe a week prior to me getting there um so they kind of all knew each other already and i was i was the new guy coming in but I think they kind of knew uh, about you know what I was doing. I was at the College World Series, so it was cool. But it was uh, you know the start of something special with a bunch of guys. You know, there's a lot of friends that I'm still close with from that first team, um, and we're all at the at the lowest level trying to trying to figure out this game. And um, it's fun, you know, uh, the camaraderie that you form with these guys. Um, a lot of adversity, but there's uh, you know you got. 25 of other guys doing it with you so you're not alone
0: so 2014 was Pat's first year as a professional what was 2014 season for you like Chris where are you at in this stage of your career as you reflect on it
1: uh, that towards the end of my career 2014 was my last year in the big leagues um got an opportunity to get up with uh Chicago uh right after the trade deadline um and it was great it was a great baseball experience um getting the chance to walk out on Wrigley Field you know field that uh my family grew up, you know, immortalizing, uh, having my dad's side of the family grow up in the Chicago area um, and go to games and hearing the stories, us growing up watching WGM at 8 in the morning, you know, watching the 9 in the morning, watching the Cubs games on TV. Um, so it was it was really special. But knowing, you know, I was, I was towards the backside of my career with the way my body felt, and you know, I was making the most of it, and you know, I'm glad it all worked out.
0: What are some of the other little snapshots from your career in the major leagues that stand out most to you
1: you know get get an opportunity to play for three different organizations has has been incredible you know seeing the the things you like in organizations things you dislike um you know but having that chance to not just be pigeonholed with one team you know getting the chance to 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 show my ability to to multiple different teams luckily all in the national league because i wouldn't have got to play much in the american league um but you know getting to play for the cubs was great getting the chance to, to play um for the Reds was a great experience. You know, I cut my teeth with them. Um, got a chance to go to the playoffs with them in 2010. You know, so I had a lot of unique experiences in my short time in the big leagues.
0: Well, what about the first major league home run? Describe that one for us. It was
1: actually against the Cubs. Actually, in in a uh, Great American uh, against the Cubs. Tom Grisilani, uh three two count, hugged me, hung me a breaking ball, and I hit it out to left field. I think it was actually my first start in the big leagues as well. So uh, you know, there's a couple highlights there. You know. Cincinnati was a great city. They're great people there. They, you know, they gave me my first opportunity, so I'll forever be grateful to them. All
0: right. Let's go to January of 2015, if you guys don't mind. Um, This is when your father, Jeff, he goes into the hospital to repair an aortic aneurysm. Uh, A triple bypass was performed. From what I read, initially, everything went well with the surgery, but then your dad faced complications. Um, What happened?
1: So he he went went into that surgery and it was a long eight eight nine hour surgery. Um, after that, um, you know they 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 brought him back to the ICU and the recovery room. They told us you know that he is going to be sedated. and It's going to take some time to you know rewarm his body from from the surgery. Um, so then that, that about a day later, day or two later, um, still hadn't woken up. Was kind of fighting the ventilator. Um, to, to line up so they induced the coma and while they while he was in that induced coma um through through a blood clot went to his brain stroke that he actually coded um they had to resuscitate him um during that process his brain swelled and has never come out of that state so unfortunately you know we were all uh, spending like alternating shifts at the hotel and that happened to be patrick's night you know so he had to witness all that but that's this is our our new normal now
0: describe that night pat uh
2: scary one that i'll never forget um it was me and my mom uh sleeping in this little uh this little room um i think it was had to be like midnight one in the morning um and we just got woken up by this uh siren and a speaker on on a, a voice on a speaker saying uh code blue and then the room number and it happened to be our dad's uh, my dad's room number so uh we got up really fast ran to the room uh which wasn't too far but uh they already had like 10 people in the room uh working on him so um uh, you know they stopped us before uh we could kind of get close um you know kind of sat us down and said everything was going to be all right they're taking care of him um they got to him pretty quick um so it was scary um and it was just me and my mom um and then we uh i remember calling chris um just needed someone to talk to uh and he rushed down and uh you know all of us kind of came together that night and it's uh, been that way since
0: in january of this past year my father Went through uh, a situation. He got a liver transplant, actually, and after the liver, after the after it was done, we're like, okay, we just need him to wake up, and he didn't wake up for a day, and he didn't wake up. He finally woke up the second day. So I had, you know, a day and a half, and I, and I was thinking about that as I was reading about your father and what that was like for our family, and I can't imagine what it was like day after day of, okay, is he going to wake up? What's going on? Like, what's next? Like, what are some of the emotions that you go through, Chris?
1: You know, it it was really emotional. You know, we tried to make the most of it, you know, not think about it too much, I guess. You know, we, we would all gather at the the hotel, at the hospital and, you know, go to lunch, go to dinner, you know, walk around, you know, try to keep my mom occupied as much as possible. Um, You know, we had a lot of family from the like greater LA area stopping in to visit. So, you know, they kept our spirits high, friends, you know, but you know in the back of everybody's mind everybody's mind um, you know what was reality and what was going on and this this waiting game that we're still playing
0: Pat for your mom what's it been like for her um, i mean she's i mean this is her husband mm mm-hmm.
2: she's uh i'm amazed by her um very proud, you know she keeps us positive um. That's one thing about her, that she is, has not been negative one time. Um, it's only positive things coming out of her mind, uh, a lot of hope. And I think that's the only way to uh, to go about this situation. You know, you can't just wallow um, every day in your sorrows and feel bad for yourself because that's not going to help anything, and that's, that's not what my dad was about or what he would want us to do. So my mom keeps us strong, keeps us updated,
0: and, uh, you know, without her... I don't know how we would uh, get through this. So that was January of 2015. Spring training starts in February. Tell us, Chris, about, okay, you want to be there for your dad, for your mom, for your family, but, when do you, you know, it's baseball season. It's coming around the corner. It's, it's a new season now.
1: Sure, you know, but even, even before spring training, you know, that January, like you said, with, with everything with my dad, you know, it was hard to even prepare, you know, wanting to be at the, the hospital, but knowing I had a job to do and I needed to, to you know, take care of take care of business so um you know it was hard during that process leaving for spring training was even harder you know having being the oldest and having like the feeling the responsibility without my dad there now um to take care of everybody else you know but knowing he would want me to go knowing that was the right thing to do you know had to strap it on go put it you know compartmentalize it put it in that 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 safe place and go to work
0: and you were playing for the cubs at that time
1: i was i re-signed with the cubs um so went to spring training got to play with joe madden and you know the cubs have been an outstanding organization to me um you know i was very transparent with my situation yeah who knew how many people knew um you know theo and jed knew um marty Peavy, manager here while i was in AAA knew, um and then uh jason mcleod uh joe madden at the time was the manager uh, for my last spring training with the cubs um so they, they all knew and they knew that, you know, my my phone's going to stay in the dugout and if there's something that happens, I'm, I'm leaving because that's bigger than anything else.
0: How many teammates knew?
1: Not not a ton. My, my close teammates knew, you know, I tried to, like I said, I, I've been really good at compartmentalizing things so, you know, when I went to work, I was at work and I didn't need to have other things, you know, bleeding into what I was doing. Um, so, you know, quite a few of my, my, my close teammates knew, my close friends knew, um, but I would say not not a lot of my teammates actually knew what was really going on.
0: And, Pat, for your sister, she's finishing up her education in Wisconsin, and I was reading about you taking her to the airport. What was that like as she gets on a plane to go back to finish her schooling?
2: Uh, it was it was hard, um, but we, we all knew um, that we needed to not move on but continue uh, – with what we were doing um i know for sure without a doubt that my dad wouldn't want us to alter our lives because of this um so yeah she had to go back to school uh she absolutely did not want to um you know none of us you know all of us wanted to be there and support and you know always uh help my mom out but you know we had things to do and she needed to go uh finish her school and that was important and my dad wanted that for her and so uh you know we really legitimately had to push her out of the car and say you're leaving you're not you're not staying because i know uh, she really wanted to uh to be there for uh, my mom and all of us but uh you know it was the right thing to do and she needed to uh you know finish what she started
0: it's one thing to say okay we have to we have to live our life it's not easy uh 2015 you're at double a new britain at least statistically it wasn't as good as some of your other seasons how much did that impact that season for you on the field in retrospect um
2: you know it it was tough but uh, honestly i think it was it was just a bad year for me in general uh it was a new level tough level i was still learning myself as a baseball player um but um you know you know as chris said once I got to the field, it was uh, you know I had a job to do, and I wasn't going to have my mind be somewhere else, you know because I knew that that wasn't going to help me at all. And uh, you know, baseball was one thing my dad loved. He loved watching us, he wanted us to all be big leaguers. So you know I think one way to uh, to honor him is to do our best and you know be there for the team and uh, you know continue just playing ball and getting better.
0: And for Chris, for you, 2015 ended up being your last season as professional. Um, how did – did you know that it was going to be the last year, or when did you know it was going to be the last year?
1: I, I think I knew I, – I ended up tearing my ACL for the third time, uh, I want to say maybe in June or July of that season. And and after that, it was kind of, you know, having to really you know do some soul searching, knowing like, okay, am I going to have this surgery? And being 30 years old, go to spring training – with this medical record trailing me, you know, I don't want to say I was I was beat, but I, I was tired. I was you know being a utility guy, being a 25th man most of my career. You know, I was I was tired of kind of the grind. So you know, I knew it was it was going to be my last year. After that, um, I was chasing my thousandth minor league hit at the time. Um, so I braced braced my knee, played the the rest of the season uh, with a with a brace on. Got ended up getting my hit. And, you know, had accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish in this game, um, so I'm I'm fortunate I had the opportunity to take the jersey off myself instead of somebody telling me that I can't play anymore.
0: The final game, did you know this was the final game?
1: I did, you know, and uh, I, I got to hit, my first professional at bat, and I got to hit, my last professional at bat, so, you know, I was good with that, and, you know, it was hard taking the uniform off my last time, but, you know. I'm back in it now, right? <laughs> you know, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, you're back in it now. So explain the transition because uh, you went to uh, you went back to UC Santa Barbara to finish education and to start working with the Gauchos. Yep.
1: Yeah, so went after after that 15 season um, had been in contact um, even during the season, you know, talking talking to the Cubs about, you know, potentially coaching, you know, not really sure what my next chapter was going to be. Um, but Knew, knew I had my, my uh, schooling paid for by the Reds, you know, with the, the my draft, all that stuff, um, and owed it to my mom to go back to school and finish my degree, so knew I wanted to go back home, take a little break, take some time away, I thought uh, coaching at Santa Barbara as a volunteer there um, would kind of ease my transition away from the game, uh, and we had a great run there, but college game just wasn't for me at the time um so finished up finished up college finished up a great season getting a chance to go to the college world series never as a player but as a coach there um and then went to work in in an office actually it just wasn't meant to be inside um and then, you know fortunately uh, had some relationships in baseball and kept in contact with a lot of people and the cubs offered me a position to go to eugene last year and be the hitting coach
0: pat were you surprised that chris became a coach or did you think this was going to be his future too
2: uh not definitely not surprised um you know he's a baseball guy um you know we've done this our entire lives uh we've you know we've got he's got a lot of uh, built-up knowledge you know from all the experiences and games he's played so you know, I think he has a lot to give, and I think the Cubs are seeing that, and uh, so now I'm not surprised at all, and you know, I've heard a ton of great things about, uh, you know, how he goes about, about his business, and uh, how he helps his players.
0: 2016 is when you made your AAA debut, that's when I met you, when you joined the Isotopes. I, I re-listened to the interview that I did a few days after you joined us, and I cringe now because I asked some question about your dad. Mm-hmm. Um at what point did you just, okay, people don't know. I'm not going to tell them, and this is going on, but and it's okay. You know what I mean? Because I, I felt bad in retrospect when I asked the question.
2: Yeah, no, you shouldn't feel bad. Um, I, f- I feel like I'm a very private person. Um, I keep a lot of things to myself. And, uh, you know, it was just something that uh, was tough for me to share, to be honest, too. So, uh, you know, not a lot of people knew. Uh, my close friends, close teammates knew. But uh, it wasn't something that I would... Uh, go out of my way to tell people just cause I, you know, I didn't want to, the constant questions and, uh, for me to talk about it. Um, so that's kind of the route that I went. Um, so yeah, you shouldn't feel bad at all. I mean, a lot of people didn't know until, you know, the, the, uh, story came out and, uh, but I think, uh, it was a, you know, a blessing in disguise. I wasn't sure at first how, uh, I was going to handle, you know, it being out there, but uh, it turned out to be really good because uh, I've had a lot of people come up to me and uh, share their stories about things that have happened to them, and uh, I think it's helped them. So,
0: Chris told us how he found out that he was going to the major leagues for the first time. You tell us how you found out for the first time.
2: Yeah, it was the last game in uh, El Paso. Um, I had struggled that month in Triple A. Um, wasn't on the forty man. Um, didn't really have expectations. So, you know, I thought I had a good year uh, in Double A. And to be honest, I thought my my season was over. And, uh, you know, the last game we were packing up and uh, G. Hill was calling a bunch of guys in one at a time. Uh, And I figured it was to to get called up. And uh, I hadn't heard my name yet, and I I wasn't surprised. Um, And then the very last person was me. He called me in. And uh, he told me that I had missed a few signs, and that I'm gonna have to uh, pay some fines. But I'm gonna have to uh, mail it to him because I'll be in Denver. <laughs> and I, I, I was shocked. Didn't believe him. Thought he was joking. Uh, it was it was crazy. Um, so much joy you know i was immediate butterflies uh, excitement and then there was a uh, bomb threat and that's what i remember most about
0: that there was a bomb threat
2: there's a bomb threat so <laughs> everyone had to pack their stuff up really fast and uh i didn't really get a chance to say bye to much people because they had already left i was one of the, the last people and I, I don't even think i showered I mean, we had to get our stuff and
0: leave so chris compare Hearing the news that your younger brother is going to the major leagues, what's that like?
1: I mean, it was it was incredible. You know, I know I know the feelings that I had um, when I got my opportunity. You know, for him to get his opportunity. You know, I, I could imagine what he was going through. You know, bummer that he didn't get to enjoy it as much because there was a bomb threat. <laughs> but um, you know, I was I was super fired up. I was actually working for this company at the time. Um, and as soon as I heard that he got called up, I booked a flight so I could be there for his debut.
0: I have to do at least one gratuitous uh, isotopes thing here. even though you didn't think that you had a great month with the isotopes, you hit for the cycle one day and earlier that season, Tom Murphy had hit for the cycle and our PR PR guy arranged to have a, one of those tandem bicycles. And so Tom was on front uh, and Pat was on back. Explain riding a tandem bicycle around isotopes park. that, that was, that was fun.
2: Um, I, I wanted to be in the front. I didn't want to be behind him, but Murphy's a big dude. So he pretty much just pushed me aside and said, no, you're sitting behind me. I was like, okay. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a uh, that was a lot of fun i've never ridden a tandem bicycle like that before it was it's a lot harder than you think you got to be uh in rhythm with the guy in front uh but it was fun just taking around the the ball field and it was a uh, something i won't forget that's
1: a that's a photo that i saw that hopefully never gets out <laughs>
0: oh it's out trust me it's everywhere around isotopes park were there any excuse to use that photo we're gonna use it
2: yeah i don't think you can look very tough on a tandem
1: bicycle. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's skip ahead to September of 2017. Chris, tell us about your sister's wedding. Yeah. You know,
1: um, emotional day, you know, exciting day for her. Um, you know, with everything with, with our dad, not getting to see his only daughter, um, walk down the aisle, um, it's tough for all of us. Um, but being able to all be there for her, um, and give her, give her that. Hopefully she, she had a special day. I know she had a special day, um. You know, but it was difficult for all of us seeing you know the the hurt and the pain
0: in her eyes. And Pat, for you, you're there for the rehearsal dinner. You missed the wedding, good reason. You have a game in the major leagues, mm-hmm. and then I'm pretty sure the Rockies clinched the wild card berth the next day or maybe the day after that. Uh, explain that emotional roller coaster those 72 hours. Yeah, so uh, we had a um,
2: you know we were we were close to clinching. And, uh, you know, her, her special day was coming up and I knew we had an off day, um, the day of her rehearsal. So I knew at least I would make it to that, you know, I wanted to, uh, to be there, um, for her and, you know, for the family. So, uh, I had booked, I had booked a flight for that day and I also booked a flight for, you know, the, uh, the day of the wedding uh just in case we had clinched uh before that uh, I had talked to uh Bud and Jeff about it uh, about the possibility um but we uh we didn't clinch yet um so I flew um back home on the off day got to spend uh, the whole day with her and uh it was it was awesome we you know we had a beach house so we spent all day just hanging out at the uh the the beach that we grew up going to as a family which was really nice we had a lot of memories there so Got to do that. It was, it was really hard leaving, um, but she understood. Um, you know, we had uh, worked really hard that year. Uh, we, had, you know, we hadn't been to the playoffs in a long time. So we actually uh, we clinched the night of her wedding. Um, so I remember FaceTiming her after we did the the champagne showers and. Uh, you know, I got to FaceTime her while they were on the dance floor, so it was nice. And, you know, one of, one of the toughest things I've had to do was uh, not be there for her. But, um, you know, I think she uh, enjoyed her day, and I know uh, my dad was with her.
0: And at the same time, a lot of Rockies fans were very, very happy. You mentioned it been a long time since the organization had been in the playoffs. Uh, it was not expected. You know, you, you, you guys worked hard. And, um, you know, what was that moment like celebrating going to the playoffs?
2: Awesome. I had never experienced um something like that with all the champagne and the parties. Um uh, it was it was amazing. Uh we clinched actually before the game, right? Cuz it's um Somebody lost, so that made you know. Um, so we had clinched even before the game. That's but always weird when you
0: clinch and you play, and then no matter what, you know you're going to yeah, celebrate right after. Yeah, it was like
2: 45 minutes before our game started. Um, I forgot what team, but some team lost, and that made sure that we we made it. So we had like a little mini celebration, and then went and played the game, um, and then came in right after and and partied, and it was uh, it was amazing. It was like an hour and a half of straight getting doused with champagne I, I don't know how much champagne we went through but it was a lot
0: <laughs> all right so let's uh, skip ahead to april 9th of this season that is when ken rosenthal's article goes live on the athletic what made this now the right time for your family to share the news publicly chris
1: um you know i don't know if it was something that we we thought that you know we were going to talk about I, I was in spring training and, and having a conversation uh, to a group of coaches and players, uh, in in some things that we do in spring training with the Cubs, um, and It was just kind of telling my story, uh, you know, about some adversity and, and things like that. And Mike Roberts, one of our our coordinators, uh, a couple of days later said he had spoke with Ken Rosenthal and and asked uh, permission to tell our story. He said he felt like the baseball community needed to know what was going on and. I, you know, I said, well, well, let me talk to my family. You know, I don't mind speaking about it, but, you know, this is, we're a unit, so we, we all need to be on board with this, so chatted with everybody, and, you know, they, they said that they were all on board, so Ken did a great job, um, was super respectful of our family, um, thorough, and I thought, you know, told our story very well.
0: Yeah, Pat, the, f- the phrase that you used earlier was, this is our new normal, and it's been your new normal now for over three years, but now the new new normal is that the world knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned how you're a private person. How has the world knowing sort of impacted this this story for you and your brothers and family? I
2: think definitely in a good way. Um, I think the, the good that's come out of it has been, you know, people reading it and uh, relating to it um, in some way. You know, I've had a few clubbies or, or uh, you know, opposing team uh, players come up to me and say hey I read your story and then they share something um so it's been cool to hear that um you know it kind of uh, reached people then uh, they can relate to it and uh know that they're uh they're not alone and going through stuff like this
0: what updates chris if anything do you guys get day to day week to week about how your father's doing
1: um you know we, we we speak to our mom pretty frequently i'd say we're probably all pretty mama's boys uh, so you know if if it's every couple days, you know, at least we talk once a week, you know, there hasn't been a ton of change, so, you know, it's always status status quo, but, you know, always checking in, always just trying to hear, you know, if anything's new, even if it's the smallest thing, or, you know, even just hearing, you know, what my mom's talking to him about, you know, doesn't really talk back, but, you know, she talks at him, and so just hearing what she's doing, how she's doing, and, you know, how they're doing
0: and one of the things that that made me smile the most is how your mom would put up the phone so that your dad can hear, you know, if Pat's playing or you know any of the brothers are playing, so that he can hear what's going on, you know, just in case. I, that was one of the things that made me smile the most about this. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm sure I'm sure he loves hearing it. You know, that was that was one of his things that he loved, and I'm sure he does love it for what he can hear. He's not hearing my mom yapping all the time, <laughs> so probably gives him a break as well.
0: <laughs> What's your mom's day-to-day like?
1: Um, well, she, she goes to school. She's still teaching. Uh, you know, summers are a little bit different, but hopefully we can get her to travel a little bit more and come see us. Um, but while school's in, she, she gets a, up early. Um, she, yeah, I don't to I don't know, day, like, hour by hour, but sure she cooks herself breakfast. Goes, <laughs> go, goes to school. She goes to school until 2, 3 in the afternoon. Drives 20 minutes to the hospital where my dad's at every day. Uh, goes and visits with him for an hour or two, talks, reads, just maybe if she's not talking, just in the room and then comes home, has dinner and, and does it all again. So, you know, it's become her new normal. It's her, her routine. And, you know, that's what, that's what she does.
0: No one wants to have family reunions in the minor leagues. They want to have family reunions in the major leagues. Uh, but Pat, what it's been these last three days, like been around your older brother. Awesome really excited to see him
2: um, more than anything really I, last time I saw him was uh, in spring training so my wife told me that we were going to Des Moines uh, pretty soon so I was, I was getting excited to uh, to see him and then uh, you know I, then I thought like oh he's, he's a third base coach and I wonder if I'll play third base and the, the first day uh, I was at third base so it was uh, it was cool to, to walk over there and just uh, see him pretty close to me um you know give him a handshake but then that's it you know i'm trying to beat him
0: glen ellen hill is a pretty stoic guy but i got a feeling it wasn't a coincidence that you were playing third base these last two days
2: yeah i'm not sure you never know what what, uh, what g hill's thinking so i'm not gonna ask but uh you know who knows
0: all right so game one of this series chris Pat gets a single in his first at-bat, and he homers in his second at-bat. How much are you cheering on the inside, the outside? Who's looking at you in the dugout to see your reaction or what?
1: Uh, you know, I've been under the microscope this whole <laughs> series uh, with things, but right, rightfully so. Um, you know, regardless of, like Patrick said, um, you know, family family alliances. You know, we both have jobs to do on either side of the line. Um, but internally, you know, seeing him get that base hit, and hit that home run, you know, knowing the struggles that he's been going through this year, you know, getting – you know, a little jolt of confidence like that was was important to me. Um, but you know, we have we have a job to do. We got him out two more times that night.
0: <laughs> the other thing that I can't help but ask too is, Kate, you're a hitting coach, and your brother's struggling this year. How much do you want to? How much have you talked with him? Oh, let me look at your mechanics. Let me talk. I mean, this is what you do for a living now. How much have you wanted to kind of help him out here?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I help out where I can. You know, I've, I've definitely—I'd be lying if I said I hadn't watched his video and chatted with him about things. Um, but I think there's also a level of professionalism um, with Tim, who's doing a great job over here. You know, I don't—I don't, I don't want to be stepping on toes for things that I see, or, or vice versa. I wouldn't want that for some of my guys. So, even though he's my brother, you know, I'll—I'll I'll put in my my two cents. But he's got a great hitting coach over there that's going to get him right as well.
0: Pat, when you've been playing third base the last two days how how much do you normally talk to the third base coach compared to how much have you talked with him the last two games?
2: yeah, normally uh I don't really talk to the third base coach that much um not really a talkative person in general, so uh but with him uh it's probably pretty much the same. you know there was one foul ball that I thought he should have ran and got, but he made me go get it, which I thought was <laughs> a, little, a little rude and then uh the other day, they uh, they threw out the ball. You know, the pitcher got a new ball, so I had the old one. And, you know, he showed me his hands and I made sure I threw it a little hard at him. He got a little <laughs> caught off guard. I was trying to hit his finger. Yeah. So, just little things like that. But during the game, you know, I'm focused on playing. You know,
0: I don't want to worry about who's over there. Let me end with this. What else should the public know about your family?
1: You know, I I think we're, we're a resilient bunch of people, and you know, it doesn't define us, everything that's, you know, gone on. Um, life, life marches on. We're strong. And, you know, like hopefully all of these things are lessons. And like Patrick said, uh, you know, with this story being out there, hopefully it can help other people be open about their stories. And, you know, maybe it gives them a little bit of freedom in their lives.
2: Yeah. Um, love my family. Um, super close. I uh, can tell them anything. You know, we, we lean on each other a lot. And, uh, I don't know how we would, uh, get through this situation without each other. So, um, I, you know, I think it's actually brought us closer together and made us stronger. And, uh, that's one thing that my dad loved. Um, he loved family and loved that we we're strong in a unit. So,
0: all right, guys, that's a good place to end it on. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh. just think the best of your family.
1: Thank you, we appreciate it as well.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. This is Life Around the Seams.